Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Dedicated to Henry Foreman. In the year of the primal war, to the war of terrestrial birth, man mastered the mammoth and horse, man was the lord of the earth. He made him an oil skin from the heart of a holy tree. He compassed the earth therein, and man was the lord of the sea. He controlled the vigor of steam, he harnessed the lightning for hire, he drove the celestial team, and man was the lord of the Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Alan Averill. This is Agitators Anonymous. I have a piece of advice for you all, right off the top. Won't you step back from that ledge, my friend? Yes, indeed. Step back from the ledge. That's what this one is called. That's what this one is called. So it's going to be a mixture of... I suppose mental health issues um, and a little sideways glance at uh, what's happening around the world. I'm going to take a little break from the part one and the part two of some rather heavy, serious matter. Not that this isn't going to be serious and heavy in its own way, but um, judging from some of the messages and from the comments I'm getting from people who are, to be honest, to be quite frank, to be quite frank, um, despairing at entering another lockdown. And seeing as I've just clambered out of the rabbit hole of despair, something like that, uh, myself, uh, I seem to have handed in my card-carrying membership of the Stoics a week or two ago without my knowledge. I must have done it when I was sleepwalking and walked myself into uh, a little bit of a a mental trap. So I thought what I would do is maybe just do a little bit of a ramble, a little bit of a discussion about where we may be with our mental health, how we can cope with this, because it's going to do none of us any good in the coming robot wars if we're all going to be mentally incapacitated and in no good shape for the fight, if you know what I mean. Um, so what I'm going to do is ramble 
and discuss a little bit. Um, I did a podcast before about mental health. Many of you resonated with many of you. And also I did a chat with Adi from Solstafir about the very same thing, which resonated with a lot of people. And judging by the amount of messages I've been getting, as I said, from people um, who are finding all of this very complex and difficult, not only from a personal point of view in how do you cope when you have no coping mechanisms. You've probably listened to one of the last few podcasts, maybe one I've been um, railing against the level five lockdown. I mean, I've more or less come out as an anti-lockdowner by now, if we can call it that, or at least at the levels to which it's being imposed in Ireland, um, leaving us in this anti-human situation. That's the best way for it. Anti-human. And as humans, we need coping mechanisms for such a situation, and we have very little. So, with all those things considered, let's go through some of those things and also take a look at, well, some of the angles we can view what's happening. And maybe I can try and combine them to give you something worthwhile, something worth listening to, and maybe... um, and maybe instill a little bit of heavy metal hope. Did I really say that? Well, I did. So, let's take a look. By the way, off the top, Instagram is an empty angle underscore primordial. I need more followers for my uh, for my army when the um, robot drones break down the door. I'm going to need to call on more of you. So, the only way we move the algorithm is by subscribing and sharing, peer-to-peer sharing. Let people know. If you like the podcast, um, cut and paste a link and send it to them and say, hey, you should listen to this fool instead of the other fool that you're listening to. My fool is better than your fool. Um, you know, And then you can argue the toss about whose fool is better. Both fools, mind you, but you know. Um, So where have I been? In my rabbit hole, in my dungeon of despair, in my moment of self-reflection, the dark night of the soul, as they call it. Well, it surely came upon me when down the rabbit hole, I think I've said rabbit, well, now four times. That's unusual. Hopefully that's not code name for some um, Machiavellian underground QAnon-esque plot. One thing I might have to do is start using code words for some things because um, I can tell that the algorithm picks these things up and also gets your episodes shadow banned, which is not a bad name for a goth band, actually. So let's say the conspira theory. We might have to just refer to it as CT because if you keep mentioning CT in your titles and description, the nanobot that, or the, I guess it's a bot, not a nanobot, but the bot that runs through your, um, runs its fingers through the gray matter of your podcast, uh, might just pull it out and you might be sent off for a, a struggle session or a, um, a re- reprogramming. I joke, I jest, but we aren't really that far from that, are we? Are we, my friends? As level five begins to take hold, how do we cope? How do we cope? Well, I must admit, like I said, I went 
and fell into something of a great slough of despond, a sort of despairing moment where all I could think about was some of the negative, um, let's call them, negative impressions of what our future might be, the, the thing that seems to be looming on the horizon, that I must admit, even with a slightly more balanced, rational view of it, still seems to be on the horizon or form of it. But it got very close, very close. And it seemed to be occupying my every waking moment. My dreams even were about the, what shall we call it, this open prison planet this well let's say not planet but this open prison that we appear to be living in this state of perennial lockdown that is threatened to be our future by agents of power within the state um, and it became an obsession a mental obsession and it got so difficult to the point that I think um, I was taking in so much bad news that I was becoming bad news um, a complete bummer, as they say, um, to everyone who knew me. Um, trying the patience of everyone, picking fights all the time with anybody who would listen. As I evangelized, it was little short of maybe taking out my soapbox, putting it on the street and screaming at people until I was uh, carted off, taken for that deprogramming session. Um, well, no, not quite. But for sure, I was a pain in the arse to hang around with. So how do we deal with this? Because it's fucking hard, let's be honest, isn't it? Total lockdown, once again. Now, I'm not going to go into the numbers and statistics and all that kind of stuff, because I think that the human agency can get a bit lost in those things. I mean, it is no secret that, as I said, I view the terms of level five of a lockdown to be anti-human um, and to be disproportionate to the terms of deaths, hospital, hospitalizations, and to see this situation as any more dangerous than previous situations. Um, let's call it seasonal diseases. Um, seems to me to be uh, completely disproportionate. Now, is it... Is it the uh, is this the warm up game for the big match? I don't know. That remains to be seen. But like I said, I'm not going to start ranting and raving about numbers. You can find the numbers because we do live in still democratic societies where the numbers are a little bit hard to hide. You can push them around and declare them one way or the other to try and cling to your narrative. But at the end of the day, in a country like Ireland, you can still see that column which says zero deaths. So we aren't at that place yet. So how do we cope? How do we cope? Well, I mean, the first principle of coping, of finding a coping, coping mechanism is physical exercise. Now, it's difficult. Losing football, losing playing sport um, was almost like a nail in the coffin of my um, clambering down into the into this into this state of mental um, free fall um, it was the one thing that I could cling to a little bit of human banter interaction between myself and the guys I played football where for an hour or three times a week I could forget this insanity and with that gone like I said I began to fall 
into some other place. There was no way to mark the day gym, the gym was shut where I was going every day, even to just do minimal weights or a little bit of rowing or something. Um, some days I pushed it quite hard, some days I didn't. And I could see the results of even though uh, outside seemed to be a world of craziness, um, when you can see some results on your physical form, it keeps you in, it keeps you ticking over. And then it, it helps the gray matter. And so since this, uh, shall we say, since this moment um, where you kind of hit the hit the bottom of the pool, um, I've been back to running every single day. Uh, at one stage in the beginning of this, I was running up to 15 kilometers a day and my poor old knees and joints were complaining, um, as I'm sure they will now again. But it's important to make yourself get out even if uh, it's lashing rain or whatever, there's no time I've ever come back and felt worse. So try and get out there and get running. Who are you, the singer in a heavy metal band, to be giving me advice on how to live? Very good point. Very good point. Just trying to throw a few, throw a few Hail Marys out there to try and keep you sane. Um, but physical exercise is, is it. Um, hitting the bottle, hitting the powder is not the replacement for exercise. If you're lucky enough to have a sex life, well, have at it, my friends. Animal, vegetable or mineral, have at it, because that'll also keep you sane. And normal, normal human emotional, let's call it normal relationship service almost seems to be on hold. Um, somehow, how do people meet within all of this craziness? I don't know how they do it. I don't think they are doing it. Uh, so, you know, if you can find yourself friends with benefits, uh, go for it. What am I talking about? I'm like a teenage agony aunt now. Well, maybe that's my future. Maybe that's my future. Um, yeah, so you've got to try and keep a hold of physical exercise because if that goes and you just retreat back inside to only just stare at the screen. I mean, this is the this is the focal point of all of our madness, really, isn't it? This the end of a decade cycle of social media derangement. And it happens. It happened to me. It's almost like a form of radicalization where you become so obsessed with the terms of this digitally micromanaged future that we appear to be moving towards um, at the behest of our Big take step, big take, big big cake, big tech state overlords, um, the Davos set, whatever you want to call them, um, the terms of the Great Reset or whatever. You just become obsessed, obsessed, and then you have to take a step back because you realize: is this planted to sow seeds of discords in our society, whereby we then set upon each other? And you know this is true if you've ever thought that. They're meddling in our election. Well, of course, they're meddling in our society as well, aren't they? Who are they? Well, I think there's a long list of they. But for sure, meddling with your grey matter, allowing, pushing us over the edge of society to pick fights with each other, to form enemies where there are none, to endlessly polarise and atomise society is exactly what people who would want the end of, well, let's call it Western society, Western influence, 
the U.S. dollar as the Federal Reserve currency, the world's reserve currency, right, would always be the Federal Reserve currency, wouldn't it? But the world's reserve, who would want a powerless United States of America to allow other superpowers to reclaim the throne, uh, dear Mother Russia and the C word. I think you can figure out what the C word is. Of course, these things are designed to demoralize us. But yet that brings me to the brings me to the very disturbing conclusion where you wonder how much do the people say for example in Ireland it's 4.5 million people and it is essentially an open prison state right now are is every politician in our cabal in on the same joke in on the same idea that the concepts of all of our history one of the concepts of our history but what they would have learnt within their history about Ira about Ireland, the relationship to Ireland, the Republic, the state for which it stands, the young men and women who gave their lives for the state of the Republic a hundred years ago, um, all of our history to then fundamentally take all of the freedoms from the people within it and encapsulate them or imprison them in this state of penury, um, in this open prison state. It's a hard thing to get your head around. It's a hard thing to believe that that could be true. And of course, if you are only taking in a narrative that tells you that there is a huge global conspiracy, then you're probably likely to believe that. But yet at the same time, three or four months ago, uh, I held the line against entirely believing these things because A, it's the road to madness because you it ends up where you in a place where you are completely powerless. But B, there are so many working parts to that concept that it seems unbelievable. So we must hope that whatever this situation is, is um, the driving engine of it is incompetence. If this is just an incompetence followed by a financial crash, a botched response to an unforeseen circumstance that the world was not ready for, then that would be, and no offense to everybody who's having a fucking hard time dealing with it, or if you've lost a loved one, but if that's what it is, then it almost feels like we got off the hook because the things proposed in the alternative are far, far dystopian, far more Orwellian and far darker. So how the F do we deal with it? How the F do we deal with the C word? Well, let's be clear. If you lose your mind, you're no good to anyone. Least of all the people that love you, the people that you love. If you become only bad news, you become impossible to deal with, impossible to hang out with. You're looking forward to Christmas to pick fights with all the people that you, um, well, you want to pick fights with. Also, if you're just playing through this lockdown and trying to not think about any of these things to get to Christmas, as I said in the last podcast, there's an air of parochialism about that that you may want to address. I wouldn't ask anybody to go where I went with all of this, but to at least be aware that of a very simple equation, if you think this seems disproportionate, could it be more than it seems? And those are two very simple questions you need to ask yourself. And if you do think it is more than it seems, then what is it? 
and then maybe just take a step back and have a look and try and evaluate your place in all this. Because like I said, I've noticed many people's reaction is to just be like, not not engaging with that. Someone said to me, they looked up from their phone and they said to me, why the fuck do you care about the theatre? You never went to the theatre. And in that moment was almost everything that's happening encapsulated in one brutally narcissistic, assholic, assholic, alcoholic, um, in one moment, this just summed up the inane narcissism and selfishness of so much of this situation. I.e., why does this care? To, why does this matter to you? What other people have had taken from them, and that is the very essence of part of the problem that we're in. If you don't care that someone, if you, if your life is no, not really any different, then you know what? Step back from your opinion and consider those people who've had more or less everything taken from them, their ability to earn a living, their ability, their agency, their purpose, their expression. What a what a gloomy life to live without art. Why do you care about the theatre? Well, because it's one of the oldest expressions known to man and a, a culture which doesn't have it is a culture that is missing an integral building block of its humanity. That's why. Is that good enough for you? Or did you not hear because you were too busy looking at your phone? Why do you care about comedy? Well, really? In this anti-human future where no one has any human contact, is it that joyless? Well, you don't seem to mind. Okay, well then, all right. Who cares? Who cares about the things that don't affect me? And that is one of the reasons why questions of sovereignty, liberty and freedom are more important than whether you get to enjoy smoking weed all day, walking the dog, making a bit of sourdough bread, doing a bit of yoga, feeling holistic, enjoying a walk in the park. That's not what this is about. Anyway, so like I said, try not to pick fights with everyone that you know, because it will drive you insane and you'll become a person that nobody wants to speak to anymore. Um, and I've been through that where you become like an evangelist and people don't always want to find religion when they can see that their lowest point is the moment they're going to have to enter after saying they believe um, because then you become very much like the people that you are discussing on the other side, on the other side of the fence. Because we say that we're doing this to save the lives of elderly people, but yet we're destroying the cities and towns and small communities that they helped build, that they build, that they built. Um, Every small, I don't know, listen to me sounding parochial for a minute, but every small coffee shop in a small community where people went to gather to find some humanity, this will, this will disappear. And yet these are the people that, the people that populated these are very much the people that we're supposed to be saving. Saving them for what? To an empty communities? A disjoyless society where the oldest expressions known to man, dancing, theatre, comedy laughing this attempt to instill us with this joyless view of the world um, is an attempt to reset and I use that word again 10,000 years of humanity I suppose after our hunter gatherer ourselves and it's very easy to get caught in this incredible negative feedback loop where all you can see is negativity and this is where I think I went to in that when you feel like that, that's all you see and that's all you look for. And the algorithm knows it. It senses your weakness. A weakness in you, I sense. 
It knows. And it keeps pushing the same things on you to reinforce this feeling of alienation and outrage and anger and powerlessness and helplessness. And yeah, I can admit that if we were at one or two and moving back into an open society, people could call me mad. At level five, I think I got a bit of more of a stake in the truth than I wanted to have. But yet, the noise that I was making around it was getting almost deafening for people. But is this the world we want to inherit? An anti-human society where all of the joys and all of the good things in life, all of the human agency and purpose in life and process of life is removed, where everyone is scared for years of each other. And like I said, this attitude of, well, why are you really that bothered? What's in it for you? Why are you really bothered about something that doesn't seem to have any effect on you? Like I said, why are you bothered about whether there's theater or not? Because I care about culture, about history, about the things that define us. Um, of course, I'm a musician. Well, maybe I should have told you that off the top. Um, but I'm a musician. So, of course, I care about the fact that within this system right now, musicians have no real place to express themselves. Of course, we are told, look online. And I've said it before, but this remote living future of being a musician is not something I want to subscribe to or will subscribe to. I think I'd rather quit or at least put my emotional reaction to this in the deep freeze for a while until it thawed out rather than be just a square on a screen. I think I'd rather do that. But to ask why do you care about this because it doesn't affect you is one of the most inane and ridiculous questions anyone could ask. And if anyone says that to you, why do you care about that? Um, there's your answer. Because I care about culture, history and people being able to have the freedom to express their humanity on those terms. Now, you may look back at my many years of writing lyrics and go, Averill, where did you find this humanity? And will you put it back where you found it? And look, it was always there in the music I made. Of course, the music I made was always dark. This is the nature of where we are, how we view this form of heavy metal, whatever. But there was always a sliver of light and that light was the ingenuity of the human process. That light was, that sliver of hope was defiance, was all of those things that allowed for the human process to stand up against tyranny, against dictatorship. And so to just timidly go into the night, to timidly retreat and say, well, I'm all right, Jack doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that tens of thousands of artists across the country or even people who work with artists or even people who have artistic aspirations have no place to show their wares, I think is an incredibly regressive, unfortunate and quite frankly, narcissistically dumb way of looking at society. Um, and people who do subscribe to this opinion should be shunned, shunned in as much as you can in the time that you have for shunning. 
because who knows what next year will bring? Who knows what next year will bring? Um, and I think that the music industry itself, well, I, let's do a little amble across the music industry. Um, are you enjoying my Victorian, uh, my sort of foppish Victorian cad of a voice I keep affecting? I don't know what it is about this week. I think it's the it's the clambering out of the rabbit hole, like uh, uh, an Alice in Wonderland style um, Lewis Carroll voice I'm affecting. Um, maybe I need some opium. This much is true. Uh, send me some in the post. Just mark that package. Alan Averill, Grand Prince of Dublinia. Anyway, what am I talking about? Um, Arch Comrade of Dublinistan. Send it my way. We can take some... We can take some... Um, I guess pointers from where sports is going because there's so much money in sports and the fact that people are still not allowed in the stadiums people are still not allowed to go and watch a football match and I have a terrible feeling as somebody who's always been interested in football is that if they find an economic model that works for top tier football um, such as the Premiership now are charging for every single match you can watch um, I don't know Newcastle versus Brighton if you really want to um, for £10 or £12. If they find an economic model that works, that they don't need to have people in stadiums, they might not bother. They might not bother. Now, that could just be my um, never-ending stream of pessimism speaking and that in the season starting August or September 2021, they'll be doing their best to do this. But in reality, they could have had spaced and distanced sections in a 60 70,000 seater stadium but they haven't and they didn't it's been happening in germany by all accounts but here's the reality is that if you take the irish football league if you don't like football just you know if you don't like football but care about community well then listen listen um and that is that the irish football league runs during the summer the winter is judged to be too rainy and muddy and too much of a pain in the arse to play through, which I get it. I get it. I've stood on many, many a sports pitch in lashing sideways hail and rain on a Saturday morning while it flushed out my hangover and thought, what the fuck am I doing here? Anyway, the fact is that for such a league like the League of Ireland, which is not professional, it relies on gate receipts to survive. These are football clubs like Bohemians who I go and see now and again um, who have a great tradition in Dublin City. Um, this team exists, this community, this part of the local community exists for over 100 years. In fact, even more, 120, I think, or 115. And without gate receipts, they're done. They're gone. So consider the terms of what this imposes on elements of the local community is that that local coffee shop you like let's correlate it with the local record shop that has to disappear with the local football team that has to disappear and not pay the rent on their stadium and all this kind of thing if this continues then all of those elements that you took for granted in your local area in your local community they have to go they have to disappear unless they're in what continued everlasting furlough everlasting uh, that's a wrong 
expression. But if they're not, unless they're going to be propped up by the state for years, but then how do the players get paid if there's no gate receipts? So what you're left with is the potentiality of the top teams in the English Premiership just joining in with Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid and forming this European Super League and more or less everything under that, let's say, the if that we call that the first tier, then the second, third and fourth tier would all go. And it's all the people connected to all those teams, everything from the people serving food to the physicians to whoever else, um, they'll all go. The stadium announcers, whatever you want. And you can apply this logic to whatever your thing is in your local community. Um, I'm just using this as a as an example, but you can apply it to wherever you're from and, and use this microcosmic argument, whatever you want. Oh, that's pretentious, isn't it? Um, you can apply this rationale to more or less whatever you want because unless you're moving towards opening up and allowing people back into these um, venues, into these bars, into these, I don't know, what do your parents do? Do they have a local samba class they go to on a Saturday? Do they go to bowling? Do they go to whatever? I don't know. Brass band practice. My God, my I'm like a Victorian dad. I'm thinking of things from the, well, 1880s, 1870s, 1920s, 1950s. I don't know. Whatever you want. Whatever that thing is that the economic contextualization that I'm applying to local community football can be applied across the board. Is this the system? Is this the future you want to inherit? And also, as I said, the community that the people that we're trying to save, and I haven't denied that concept, um, that they built. And are we willing to just let it be uh, annexed, annexed by fear? Fear and loathing in Dublin, huh? Well, if we see people being slowly allowed back into sports stadiums, it has a slither of daylight, maybe for festivals. But I'm going to do a a YouTube, a YouTube um, video about where the music industry is because... I think things are looking pretty gloomy for next year. I don't think I seem to, I don't seem to be able to stop doing this random accent. Maybe it is a sign of madness. Maybe it is indeed a sign of madness. However, anyway, let me get back to where I was and stop being sidetracked. If this is the if this is if you ever wanted to learn how to play the guitar, last week in an attempt to fend off madness, I wrote out guitar tab and I went, I'm going to learn my E, A, F and G or my chords, my proper stuff and I'm going to try and sit there and go oh, that's how you play Hurt by Johnny Cash or whatever. Because believe it or not <laughs> and it may seem strange but I'm a butcher of a bass player. I can play a bit, you know. I've gone from a, uh, you know, a an arrogant 2 out of 10 to a, to a strong-willed 4 out of 10 but I'm still a butcher. Um, but, you know, I can pitch okay as a singer, whatever else. Um, and, you know, you've got to make the best of what you can with the blunt tools that you have. But, you know, even with a blunt tool, you can still hack out a little bit of the mountain for yourself. But maybe this is the time to um, buy that guitar, learn those chords, but learn them with the 
learn these things with the feeling that I'm going to stand on the stage and play sometime. I'm going to do that artistic thing that I meant to do for years and years and years. Maybe you have to paint. I don't know. I th almost feel that art is almost a rebellion against whatever this is that's happening. And we'll see how the next while pans out. Like I said, and I don't mean to be melodramatic, that the next year could be one of the most pivotal in human history, or at least in European history. But throughout all of the turbulent times in history, it has been the place of art to try and, well, writing. I suppose writing, of course, a form of writing of, of um, the documentation, the diaries of the time um, document what's happening in society. And art also tells the story, the songs, the lyrics, the whatever else. Um, and it seems to be such a part of the dehumanizing process that we don't recognize how vital this is for people. And so ancient it is that people must gather to the sound of drums and move and dance. For my friends who I was never a big dancer, and that may come as a surprise to you. Um, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure I got the moves. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've got the moves. Listen, I've got the moves. Believe it. Um, but for those people who their lives were entwined in this the most basic and primal atavistic form of self-expression to have this removed is um, I think now I'm going to sound pretty holistic and don't worry I'm not going to share my sour bread dough recipes or invite you all to yoga and self-flagellation but you understand what I mean you understand what I mean so maybe now is the time to try and create some inner rebellion within yourself and go, OK, OK, I'm not going to let this defeat me in the sense that I'm not going to let it send me plunging into the depths of despair and that human nature hopefully can win the the robot wars that are coming. Um, I'm not saying I have <laughs> a particularly optimistic view of it, but I'm trying to do my, I'm trying to hold the line. Hold the line. Lovers and always on time. Not an easy song to sing off the cuff. Hold the line. Um, and I've aged myself about 40 years by singing that. And also indicated my mental status by just randomly allowing myself to sing Toto to myself in an empty room. Anyway. The point is, maybe now is the time. Maybe now is the time to read that book that you've, that's been sitting on the table looking at you, that you've put off because you just wanted light reading. Maybe now is the time to get into it. Maybe now is the time to learn those guitar chords or pick up the paintbrush and paint something. Maybe now is the time to just take a sidestep, just a few inches, not quite into the shadow where some of us are, but sidestep a few inches and just think to yourself, is this what it seems to be and why, if not? And on those terms, I think if we have a grasp of our sanity, we can emerge informed and maybe armed, so to speak, with a with a skill, with a skill set, with a love of something we didn't know we had. Now, who am I again? The singer in a black metal band? Is it black metal? Well, we can split hairs about that if you want some other time. But 
I know this sounds contradictory to some of the themes that we've been singing about for 20, 25, indeed, almost 30 years. But if you think that, then you've kind of missed the you've kind of missed the point, because even though the lyrics and the imagery and all the things that Primordial represents and all the other bands that I've been have been excessively dark or obsessed with this dark worldview, they were never hopeless. They were never without hope. They always had some some element of the human process that it latched onto for purchase as you dangle over the edge, as you dangle over the edge of the cliff. There was always an element of that. And it always said, yeah, maybe you are. Maybe you're strong enough to haul yourself up over the cliff's edge because there's no doubt that's where we're hanging at the moment, at least to me. As I said, I'm quite willing and hopeful to be roundly mocked. You will be roundly mocked, sir, for your indiscretions, for falling Lewis Carroll-like down into some dystopian other world. Um, sorry, Lewis, for, I keep invoking your name for no particular reason, other than I'm on some sort of weird Victorian dad buzz. Um, like I said, send the opium. My point being that... Um, my point being that... Step back from that ledge, my friends. Try and step back from the ledge. I had to. Otherwise, we go fucking insane. And that does no one any good. Least of all, the people close to you. Or whatever. Whatever. Even the people in abstractions who are on the other end of chat bubbles. It does no good to be tearing strips off them. Um... Because ultimately, all you do is leave yourself perfectly played by the algorithm. You submit to your outrage and you stomp around the apartment. I can't believe they can't see what I can see. Yeah, well, that's human nature, isn't it? Anyway, my friends, so what am I trying to tell you? Try and take care of your mental health out there. Try and get creative. Try and see art as a rebellion against this anti-human imposition on our lives. And let's try and not submit to the anti-humanism of it. Not submit to only being on our screens all the time. Maybe try and do something human within your community or whatever you want to call it like this. But to try and not fall off the ledge because otherwise we become radicalized, we become despairing and everything seems possible and everything seems plausible and we believe that there is no hope now. Now, now, now. If you've sat with me in a hotel room partying at four or five in the morning across a festival or a tour or if you're in a band that we've toured with or somebody that I've drunk with and you're surprised at my level of, let's say, at my attempt at trying to channel some form of positivity out of this. Well, then be surprised because the world is fucking surprising, right? Um, but maybe it's needed more than ever. All right, my friends, this is Agitators Anonymous. Who knows what episode it is? Who knows what day it is? Who knows anything, really? Well, I know a few things. 
one of which is that metal never bends, my friends. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.